Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, the name that is above every name. We come with reverence. We come with adoration. We give you honor, glory, worship, and adoration, O oh God. We thank you for all your blessings that make rich to which you have no sorrow. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for healing us. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for vigor and vitality. Thank you for all your blessings that make rich to which you have no sorrow. Lord, we thank you for another opportunity to study your word. We ask that our teacher, the Holy Spirit himself, will guide us into truth tonight. May your word indeed become a lamp unto our feet and light unto our pathway in the name of Jesus Christ. May your spirit guide, may your spirit lead. Let the will of the Lord be done in the lives of your people. I pray that through this message, you'll cause the people of God to mount up with wings as the mighty eagle. Oh God, lift your people up. Bring them into the appointed places, appointed seasons, into a large place, into the Rehoboth, a place where you've made room for them, a place where you've stopped accusations, a place where you've stopped strife and conflict and given your people victory and blessings in abundance. May your name alone be magnified. May your name alone be glorified. Thank you that by the anointing, yokes will be destroyed and burdens will be removed. Thank you that by the self-same anointing, people will rise up. They'll rise and shine. They'll rise and shine. They'll stand upright. They'll stand firm. They'll stand and occupy the land that you have given unto them. They'll occupy till you come. The increase come. The blessings abound and make us a blessing to others. Lord, that you be glorified. Thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. All right. Let's go right away to Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy chapter 32, reading from verse nine and we'll go from nine to 13. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse nine to 13. It reads, for the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is for the lost portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. Now verse 11. As an eagle stirs up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreads abroad her wings, takes them, bears them on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead him 
and there was no strange God with him. He made him ride on the high places of the earth that he might eat the increase of the fields. And he made him suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock. The title is Mountain Up with the Wings of the Eagle. Mountain Up with the Wings of the Eagle. We'll look at the, the scripture in Isaiah 40, 31, where we have the title that we're going to come back to Deuteronomy, the same scripture we just read in Deuteronomy 32. We'll come back to it. Let's go to Isaiah 40 and verse 31. The past couple of weeks, I've been teaching about the way of the eagle, and we're specifically looking at mountain up with wings like the mighty eagle. So, mountain up with wings like the eagle. First, Isaiah 40, verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. So the mountain up is the manner in which eagles mount up, eagles rise up and soar. Isaiah 40, 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Let's look at, examine the scripture. In our Bible study tonight, we're looking at mounting up with wings as the eagle. And the title is taken from Isaiah 40, verse 31. Here, what happens in the life of the eagle, the Lord says, will be similar to what will happen in our lives, in the lives of his children, in the lives of born-again believers, of God's followers. So just as the eagle mounts up, God's people will mount up. As the eagle soars, God's people will soar. Amen. Leave it. Just let it settle in your heart that you will soar in life. Before the eagle soars over here, it hasn't yet. But the fact that it hasn't soared or hadn't did not mean it would not. So the fact that you may not have taken flight in your life in whatever area or areas that God has called you to, to minister and to serve your community, your world in, to build, to do, whether it's direct kingdom business or indirect kingdom business, as in, say, sponsoring missions or check work through your business or how you're helping God's work. It doesn't matter, but whatever purpose God has given to you, that because it's of God, it is right, it is good, and it's going to impact lives. So once you find 
your purpose, once you find your gifting, your hope, and you use your gift, you answer your call. You begin to fulfill your purpose by using your gifts. And yeah, a lot of times people are like, I don't know what God wants me to do. Don't fret, don't worry. Just look at what you're good at. What, what am I very good at? And just do that. That's it. Because you're good at it because God gave you that gift. It's divine. It came from God. There's nothing we have that, you know, we gave to ourselves. It was all God-given. So God gave it to you for a purpose. He gave you a gift not to bury the gift. He gave you the gift to use that gift. Jesus talked to us in Matthew 25 about servants who received gifts, one who buried his gift. Well, you don't want to be the one who buries your gift. And some bury their gift by doing nothing with it. It's time for you to do what you enjoy. It's time for you to do what you're good at. You know, what, what you excel at. Just remember that. What do I excel at? What do I enjoy? What do I do with ease? Notice that all these words I'm choosing start with E. What do I excel at? Excel. You excel in something. What do I enjoy doing? What do I find easy? I do with ease. Right? So you're an expert at it. It's easy for you to do it. You enjoy doing it. You excel in it. That's your expertise. Amen. That's your gift. And your gift actually helps you fulfill your purpose in life. So each one of us is given grace according to the gift of Christ. The Bible says that in Ephesians 4 verse 7. So you, each one of us, has particular grace or even graces, some have five, some have three, some have two, some have one. It's according to your ability. God is impartial. Or if you have one, uh, your one may put you in a place that you accomplish more than maybe somebody who's perhaps two. So it doesn't matter, you know, you just stay in your lane and do you. I mean, you only live once, so just do you. Be yourself and, and do walk in your grace. If you're an eagle, you fly as an eagle, you live as an eagle. An eagle doesn't try to be a lion. An eagle doesn't try to be a donkey. An eagle is just an eagle. Be you. Amen. All right. So you focus on this gift and you start using it. And that gift will lift you up. That gift will help you mount up. Amen. If the eagle is going to mount up, it does what the eagle does. The eagle will go to fly to a high rock for us. Remember this study, if we're looking at the eagle or whatever animal we're looking at, in this case for us is eagle, we're relating it to ourselves. So for the eagle, the eagle will mount up upon a rock, will go high upon the rock. The rock for us represents Jesus Christ. We stand on Christ, on Christ alone. Christ is our strength. Christ gives us the grace. Christ helps us. Salvation comes from him. Health comes from him. Health, health, everything. Amen. Then, actively, the way that you depend on Christ is by depending on his word. Depending on his word. Acting on the word. 
you have to, obviously, if you're going to do the word, you have to know it. You should have read it. You know, you have to read the word. You have to study the word. You have to meditate on the word of God. You have to read it to find out what it says. And then you hide that word in your heart. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. This is a lifestyle. It's just how we are to live. And you help yourself if you start your day that way. Start your day in the word. Start your day in prayer. So that your spirit is built up. Your spirit is strong. And you have, as you would, your marching orders for the day. You have the direction of the Lord for the day. It gives you direction for your path. His word is light to your path. That's direction. And a lamp to your feet, positionally, where you're standing, that's guidance. Amen? The word is light to your path. That is direction, lights your path. So think about it that way. The Lord gives you direction for the path in which you're supposed to go. If it's the eagle has a flight path, like an aircraft has a path, you know, direction supposed to go in. Then uh, the word is lamp onto your feet, feet present, positional, where you are. That's Psalm 119, verse 105. Well, the word being a lamp onto your feet, your position is guidance. Right now, God's guiding me. God's guiding you. All right? So just be you. I mean, I, I can't overemphasize this. You only live once. So don't keep waiting to live you and don't live someone else's life. Just be you. Live your, live your life doing what, what you're good at, what God's given you to do. Amen? All right. So the eagle is not trying to be like a chicken. The eagle is not trying to. The eagle is just an eagle. It's less that way. Praise God. What is innate to it, that's how it lives. What it knows by instinct, that's what it does. And also how it's been trained, that's what it does, right? So what is innate to the eagle, the, the eagle just lives that way. What is instinct within the eagle, that's a destiny. For example, in our first uh, class, I mean, Bible study a few weeks ago, mentioned how, let's say, that the eagle swoops down into water to, to catch uh, fish, you know, using its feet, you know, its talons. And it makes sure that it, its wings does not get into the water because if it gets into the water, the wings become heavy the bird cannot take flight and it's going to drown. So it just, it's programmed. God has just put the grace in it. And it instinctively knows to lift the wings up when the feet are down in the water to catch the fish. It just knows. Right? For us, that instinct would be this. Hearing the voice of God in your spirit, in your inner being. And all of us who are born again, we know God's voice. Don't ever let the devil lie to you and tell you you don't know God's voice. It's a lie. 
perhaps you've not recognized how God speaks to you. Uh, somebody may have to draw your attention to it, teach you, and make you aware of it. As in the case of young Samuel, understudying uh, the priest Eli in the temple back in the Old Testament. The first time God called young Samuel, Samuel did not know it was God. The voice called out to Samuel three times, you know, and each time Samuel would go to Eli, the priest, his boss, thinking Eli had called him. Eli said, no child, I haven't called you, go back to sleep. God will call again. Now you think about it. God knew the boy wasn't aware of who was calling him, but God was still calling him. So that may still be that may be happening to you. God's still trying to get your attention. God's still trying to talk to you. Though he knows you don't quite get it, but God has the confidence. If you have faith, faith comes from him. It is his faith we have. Amen. His word gives us faith. So faith comes from God. God has the faith, the confidence that you, you, he will get across to you. He knows you'll get it. So he keeps talking to you. He keeps calling you. So he did this three times. And each time Samuel, the little boy, will go to Eli. Finally, Eli, from experience, some things as a minister, that's why, you know, you actually need counseling. You need, in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. There's something you need to talk to your pastor about. You need to talk to your prayer partner. You need to talk to your leaders, you know. So anyway, he, the little boy goes to, some, uh, goes to the priest. And the priest, the third time, from experience, he, he realizes, oh, my goodness. God must be the one talking to this boy. God must be the one calling the boy. So he teaches the boy. He says to him, Samuel, the next time God calls you, the voice calls you, that's actually God. Not your boss. That is not, it's not me. That's the main one. That's God. Tell him that, Master, please speak for your servant is listening. All right, so Romans 8 says that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. What does that mean? The children of God are led by the Spirit of God. God leads his children. If you're born again, God's Spirit lives in you. He talks to you. He directs you. He prompts you in traffic, you know. He's better than your GPS. He talks to you in your spirit. He tells you, gives you a prompt to when don't change legs. Tells you. We just don't listen a lot of the time until we learn. All right. So remember, the eagle is operating uh, by its innate, what is, it, what is in it? By its nature, what is in it? And then also by instinct. And then by teaching. It was taught by its parents, just like we are taught by the Spirit of God. We are taught by God. We are taught by our Father. I'll show that to you in the scriptures. All right. So, Isaiah 40, 31 again, please. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31.
Thank you, Jesus. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Now let's examine this. The change, the transformation here from weakness to strength only comes as a result of waiting. Waiting. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I didn't give you the Hebrew word for wait here, but I did explain it the first time I taught it. So let, let me give you the Hebrew word for wait in Isaiah 40, 31. It is the word kava, Q-A-V-A-H. I repeat, the Hebrew word for wait in Isaiah 40, verse 31, is the word kava. It's Q-A-V-A-H. Now, its its full meaning actually is to to bind together or twist together into one. It's like somebody's weaving something, all right? And and you you twist the ropes together, right? So to bind together into one. So just picture a rope or threads that we, we bind together, we loop them together like you're weaving. And they that are bound together with the Lord. So you have, say, two or three different ropes that you twist together, like somebody's having their hair braided. You know, and you take different strands and you weave them together into one thing. All right. So waiting upon the Lord actually relates to becoming one with the Lord, becoming one with him. You become like twisted into him, bound up with him. Amen. And this has to do with having one spirit, one mind. Yes, being of one mind and of one spirit with the Lord. It's amazing how that <laughs> almighty God calls us humans to come to have his mind. It's grace. It's only grace. Amen. What are scriptures that support this? In Isaiah 55, and I'm not going to turn to all of them, you know. Since we're in Isaiah, uh, we're close to it. So let's just go and look at it. Isaiah 55 and verse 7. Isaiah 55 and verse 7. says, let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return unto the Lord. 
So the sinner or the wicked person was away from the Lord, thinking his own things, doing his own stuff, not listening to God, you know, all that. And he returns to the Lord. The Lord has mercy upon him. And he abundantly pardons the person. This is talking about the new birth. You're born again. The sins are washed away. Abundantly pardoned. This is conversion. Let's go to verse 8. Isaiah 55, verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, says the Lord. Verse 9. So as we come to the Lord, now we have his thoughts and we know his ways. We have his thoughts, we know his, his ways. If you're taking notes, by his thoughts, you can add this other scripture. In Philippians 2, verse 5, we are told this. Now, I'm not turning to that. But Philippians 2, verse 5, we are told, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ. So the mind Christ has, you have the same mind. Allow that mind to come into you. You know what? where this is leading? This is re- leading to renewal. They that wait upon the Lord renew their strength. It's leading to renewal. Your transformation will come when your thoughts become God's thoughts. When your thoughts are renewed. You you need new thoughts. You're thinking the same old thoughts. Nothing has changed for the past 10 years, 20 years. You need to start thinking different. You need God's thoughts. So Philippians 2 It's a a secondary scripture that supports them. Let's go to verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. That is Isaiah 55, verse 9. Here now we have location. We have heaven, and then we have earth. We have the celestial, and we have the terrestrial. We have a higher plane and a lower place. For us, the heavens, higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts and your thoughts. The heavens are infinitely higher than the earth, far above. So God's ways and God's thoughts are higher than our ways and our thoughts. And the moment a person hooks up with God, links up with God, hooks into him, into his thoughts and his ways, that person can have an astronomical change, immediate transformation. I mean, just amazing. Last week, the Lord told me that his people are in a season where they're going to experience this. Amazing blessings and notable miracles in rapid succession. Amen. May that be your portion in Jesus' name. Amazing blessings. 
and notable miracles coming in rapid succession. That is before you ask, God has answered. While you are yet praying, his ears are open unto you. Amen. You say it, and before you finish saying it, it is done. This is where the planting season and the harvesting season merge together. The harvest season is the harvest is so much that before you are able to bring in all your harvest, it's time to plant again. And while you're planting, you're still harvesting. May you live in that cycle, that rhythm of amazing blessings and notable miracles in rapid succession. In Jesus' name, amen. You have to, you have to choose. You really have to choose to let go of your ways and your thoughts and see God for his ways and his thoughts. It takes work. It takes work. I know that there is a lot of teaching now today in the body of Christ on grace, which is good. But unfortunately, um, when we, we teach things that are just one-sided, the last week I talked to you about having balance. We teach things that are just one-sided. And you bring in something else and somebody realizes, I got to put in some work. They're like, oh, no, 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 you're putting me under the law. No, this is not law. Bible study is not law. God says, study to show yourself approved to God. That's not law. It's in the New Testament. It says, study. If you're not studying, you're not using one side of your hand or one uh, side wing of the bird. You're using maybe just prayer, the left wing, and you're not using the right wing, which is the word. You need a marriage or a union of the word and the spirit. The eagle needs both wings to take flight, to mount up. You need both. It's just like the fruit of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit. For ministry, as a minister of the gospel, as a mom, as a pastor, as a wife, as a husband, as a friend, whatever your ministry is, you need to have both wings in operation. You need the fruit of the Spirit and you need the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts are exciting, gifts are attractive, spectacular. So we all like the gifts. The fruit, you have to work. I mean, you know that to have a garden, to have a farm in a field, you got to work on it. You got to pull weeds. You live in a country where leaves fall. You got to go rake leaves. Personally, I don't like that. I don't even like winter at all. I don't like the cold. Winter is beautiful. I don't like the cold. But I was sent here, so I don't complain. (laughs) You know? But you got to go do this. It's just, you have to do that. There are things that you just have to do. And to think that you're living in grace, and so I do nothing. Well, nothing will get done. As I was preparing for today, one of the things God brought to my attention, brought back to my spirit from the book of James, is this argument where one person was saying, I have faith, but that's all I need. I don't need works. And another person was saying, no, you need works because your works will show your faith. 
which is actually true. If you believe in God, you do what God says. And doing what God says, meaning acting on the word of God, is what will bring you results. So actually, they go together. For faith without works is dead. Because I believe, I act on the word of God. I'm not doing it to be accepted by God. God has already accepted me. That's the part that's grace. That's the part that you need to know, that you're loved by God, no matter what. Amen. And there's some things that he's already made you. It's in you, just like I talked about the eagle. The eagle is a certain way because it was born that way. It was created that way. So it is what it is. It's innate. It's in it. You're a child of God. As many as are born again, you are led by God. You, God leads you in your spirit. He leads you. Amen. And once you start you know, praying, start studying the Bible, you begin to remove the debris, the static that's on your spirit, all the noise. You begin to fade off and you begin to know the voice of God better. And you can catch on, you kind of tune in quicker. That's all. Just, oh, and the other thing the Lord brought to my attention I need to mention today is just be consistent. Consistency. Even if it's a little bit you can do, a little bit Bible study. I send devotionals every day. If you have not started how to do your own Bible study, use my devotionals as your Bible study. I mean, every day without fail, rain, shine, snow, whatever, you get it. You get it. Add it to your own Bible study. Or if you have not figured out your Bible study, somebody actually feeds you every day. God says, I'll give you pastors after my heart who feed you with knowledge and understanding. Use the devotionals. They are scriptures. They are even prayers there. Use it. And then sometimes it's actually a word, a direct, most of the time it's a word that I get every day in my spirit now. And I bring it. But sometimes I have a direct word or a prayer from the Holy Spirit to take authority over something, to speak against cancer, to speak against some disease, or to come against some demonic thing. And I put it in the devotional. So you're not only getting the Bible study, you're getting the way of the Spirit. You're getting the things of the Spirit. You're getting both wings. You're using both wings. You have the Word and the Spirit. Amen. And you take flight like the eagle. That's who you are. That's what the eagle is. It's innate. And then also it has been, it has instinct, that instinct, and then it's been instructed. So three points I gave you today about the eagle. What is innate? What is in its nature? It just does it. And I taught you how to do that. That's the gift that you have. It's innate. It's natural to you. Just do it. I mean, it's like if you wake me up in the middle of the night, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., and you give me a topic, you just say, Talk to me about this. I mean, it's it's amazing to you. I'm like, wait a minute, where did that come from? I think the scripture, and this is coming, not coming. My problem is trying to say it in a short time. That's my problem. But I don't have a problem with how to teach it because it's not me. It is innate. It is a gift from God. You have to, you have to know your gift. Anything that God gives has supernatural power. And it, it accomplishes more than I can do by myself. You get it. Anything that comes from God is more. I mean, just, just think about this with me for a moment. If you give me a basketball and you say, go play against Michael Jordan. I mean, it's like you hate me, you know? Because I'm not gifted with that. 
But he has, if Jesus Christ was to play basketball, you played Michael Jordan, like Michael, at least at a minimum like Michael Jordan. You get it? it more, obviously, because he is, in all things, he has, he, he has preeminence. He excels. I, I pray that you get in this. Then let's say that uh, golf, golf. You know, how many of us can play Tiger Woods or, or tennis? You play Venus. You know, the, the ladies who are on, uh, some of you play tennis. How many can play Venus? I mean, some things, you know, you have, you have that gift. You are natural at it. And then you've also been instructed. You know, you've been taught. You've been taught. It's ingrained in you. Maybe you even made mistakes as you were learning, but you've overcome the mistakes. So you've perfected your craft, your art. And when you do it, it's beautiful. God has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light to show forth his excellences, to excel. Anything the hand of God, oh, hallelujah, will multiply, will increase. Amen. So whatever you're doing, give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Pray about it. Turn it over to the Lord. Say, Lord, show me your way. Moses knew God's ways. What do I do in this situation? How do I go about it? And the Lord will show it to you. And as you yield it to the Lord, whilst the hand of God touches it, remember, they that wait upon the Lord, they that are connected to God, are twisted together with God. You are one with him. He's one with you. Abide in me. Let my word abide in you. You ask what you will. It will be done on you. Think about it. Abide in me, Jesus said. Let your word abide in me. That's John 15, 7. Then you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. What is that? Why? Why is it that you ask and it shall be done unto you? It's just not, it's not just anything you're asking. No, 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 no. It is that which you ask from this position, from the position where you have been waiting. You've been twisted together with God. So you're lost in God. He is in you, you are in him. And we can't find out who God is and who you are. You are one. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. They that wait upon the Lord. Kavak. That's what that means. You have to have the mind of God. It's like a waiter waiting on you in a restaurant. They listen to you and you, you tell them what you want. So what was in your mind, your desire, your dream, what you wanted to have, to enjoy, is what you transmit to them. And then they have it in their mind or they write it down, whatever. And they take it back to the kitchen by the chef. And they bring it to you. And you ask whatever you want to drink. I mean, they pay attention. So what you have in your mind is transferred to their mind. That is where the renewal comes. They that wait upon the Lord shall be renewed. They shall be changed. They shall be transformed and be like God. He that is joined to God is one spirit. So the eagle waits, waits, and the eagle begins to mount up with wings, doing what? Letting itself onto the wind of the spirit, onto the air current. Amen. Research so far as of 2021 has shown us Eagles that have been tagged 
and have gone into flight and they have computers reading them, have gone as far as 100 miles just soaring without stopping. Just, just imagine that. You, you're just on the rock, standing on the word. The rock is Jesus. And practically standing on the word, studying, meditating on the word, confessing the word, doing the word. You train yourself to do that. We have to give ourselves to the ministry of the word and to prayer. That's the two wings, the ministry of the word and prayer. Both, I taught that last week, you need balance in your life. Some of us are amazing prayers. Prayer warriors, that's what I mean. Amazing prayer contractors. <laughs> pray, 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 which is very good. That's one wing. And then some of us are also amazing in the word. Just love the word, love the word. Oh man, just eat and sleep the word. That's the other wing. Problem is when you're only using one wing. It's like this world. God created as male and female. Then in some parts of the world, the males decided the females don't have any brains. They're not going to make them leaders. They're not going to even educate them. I mean, it's so ridiculous. And the country is suffering because you got all those brains, excuse me to say, sitting in the kitchen. Not that, you know, if they're a chef, that's different. But that's um, what, what you understand what I mean. You know, they got all the brains not educating them. It's like God gave you two hands for those of us who are able to use two hands. Like you didn't go to war and lose an arm. You have two hands to lift something. And you can use both hands. You're not going to use both hands. I mean, how are you going to make it? It doesn't make sense. So you and I have to use both. Amen. And the eagle does that, spreads both wings and just enters the wind current and just soars effortlessly. Just, just soars effortless, effortlessly. And imagine doing this for 100 miles without ever flapping its wings. Think about it. The bird naturally, if you eat like a hummingbird, it just flap its wings, you know, like a thousand times per second, something like that. It's just amazing. And the eagle is flying for 100 miles without flapping its wings. It can fly longer than that, but without ever flapping its wings, it's been, research has shown us an eagle flew for 100 miles, just soaring without ever, I mean, just gliding. May your life be like that. May you glide. Amen. May you glide. Let's go to back to Deuteronomy. Now I'm going to show you somebody. Well, Jacob, the story is about Jacob. Let's go to 32, Deuteronomy 32. And let's see him gliding. All right. Please come. Deuteronomy 32. And was it verse 9? Read from 9 to 13, right? I said we'll come back there. So let's go, please. Deuteronomy 32, verse 9. Yes. Hallelujah. For the Lord's portion is his people. We are God's people, right? Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. 
Wow, we are God's inheritance. Jacob. So he gives gives us a name. And Jacob here, his name was changed to Israel. He found him in a desert land. Let's say you're in a dry place. You're not going to stay there. God's going to change your life. Amen. God found Jacob in the desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. Wow, that is very unpleasant. Waste howling wilderness. Definite eerie sounds. That to me seems like even demonic activity. But let's go on. That's, that's one other day. Let's go. He led him about. So even in the desert, God will lead you. Even in the waste howling wilderness, God will lead you. God will help you. Anything in the hands of God increases. Your life in the hands of God, you'll increase. He led him about. Now watch this. He instructed him. Remember I told you that the eagle does things, you know, it does, it just lives its life because it is, it is in him. It is innate. It's innate. It's nature. And then also what God programmed it with, instinct. So it just knows to do this, to do that. And you would know things too by the spirit. First Corinthians chapter two tells us we have the mind of Christ. I think it's verse 15. But anyway, I gave you, I already gave you Philippians 2, 5, uh, which says that let, let, let this mind be in you, which was Christ Jesus. Make sure you allow God's thoughts to become your thoughts. Just intentionally decide to change your mind. All right, let's just be sure of this. I said 1 Corinthians 2.15, but he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged by no one. Verse 16, for, he has, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. That's 1 Corinthians 2.16. We have the mind of Christ. All right, read it on. So, Jacob, God led him and God instructed him. That is teaching you from the word and teaching you by his spirit. That's two things. What you see in the word and then what the spirit reveals to you. You need both. Then the protection comes. He kept him as the apple of his eye. So God will protect you. God will shield you. God will watch over you. Verse 11. As an eagle, now back to the eagle. So all this that happened to Jacob, God is saying it's just the way that he programmed the eagle to function, to operate. So if you study the eagle, and it's ways you can learn about how God dealt with Jacob. Remember, we saw in Proverbs 6, verse 6, 
God said, go to the end, consider her ways. And we have the way of the eagle. So we are considering that now. So we can mount up with wings as eagles. Deuteronomy 32, now verse 11. As an eagle stirs up her nest. So the eagle stirs up her nest. You know, fluffs it up. Gets the eaglets, the little babies. Come on, move, move, move. Let's go. Let's go. Amen. Sometimes God will do that to you. When you are at ease in Zion, you are comfortable and not doing anything for God. And your prayer life is meh, Bible study, you've forgotten, you know, all that. You know, God will stir you up. You allow things to come to rock the boat, as it were. A little bit to draw you back in place. Okay, so that's instruction, that's teaching. All right? As an eagle stares up a nest, fluttereth over her young. So even as it's staring, it's still protecting. So it's not harming, it's not destroying. There's an aspect of this that I may not have time to, to go into, uh, which has been taught wrongly. And I just need to quickly mention this. The sense is talking about the staring of the nest, fluttering over her young, spreads abroad her wings, takes them, bears them on her wings. And I need to tell you this. There's a wrong teaching that, uh, remember I just mentioned how you know, when, when you know, you, you're prayerless and like the Bible says in the Old Testament, you're at ease in Zion, you don't care about things of God. God will allow some winds to come to rock the boat a little bit to shake you up and bring you back. Yeah, God allows that. But you have to look at the context in which this is allowed. This is instructional. It is never to harm you. It's never to destroy you. So even as the eagle is stirring up the nest to get the little eaglets to learn to fly, you know, get out of your comfort zone, it says it fluttered over her young, still protecting it. It's not hurting it. The wrong part that has been taught, some of you know it, others may not, but the wrong teaching is out there, so I still have to quickly mention this. I mentioned part of it last week where people talk about the fact that the eagle to soar, to mount up with wings. You know, we know the eagle goes to molt. And I, th I thought the truth aspect of it where it plucks off the old, weak feathers and grows new ones. Eagles molt, go through molting every year. This is every year. So that they'll get stronger. They just know instinctively to do that. They that wait upon the Lord, they that pray, they that study the word, listen to God. They would change. They go from weakness to strength. 
the word becomes medicine to all your flesh. See? Eagle knows that. The eagle does that. But the wrong teaching is that, and I mentioned last week, some people say, and it sounds beautiful, but it's not biblical. And it's not even wise. And it's not natural. It doesn't happen. They say that for the eagle to become stronger, when it realizes it's getting old, it'll go up into the rock, you know, up in the mountains, and then beat its uh, beak on the rock till it knocks it off and grows a new one. That's a fantastic story. It's not true. No eagle would do that because the eagle knows instinctively it needs its beak to eat, to survive. It doesn't have a beak. It'll die, can't can eat. So eagles don't do that. So if you hear that teaching, it sounds fantastic and nice and sweet. You're waiting on the Lord. You're breaking the beak and grow a new one. No, that doesn't happen. It's the feathers, what you use to you fly. That's what you grow new ones. But never the beak. Why? Why? The beak is the mouth, right? What does God say about our mouth as far as his word? He says, never let the word depart from your mouth. You should never be in a place where you stop speaking the word of God. Don't live your life like you are apart from the, the word. You are here and speaking of the word is never part of your life. Departed. No. Joshua 1, don't let the word depart out of your mouth. You meditate on it day and night. So you speak the word out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth to speak. Jesus said, you have what you say. So don't break your beak. Amen. I pray you cut, cut that. Now, then the wrong part of the teaching then goes on goes on this. And this is not far off at all. It's actually, they take it from Jacob because the eagle here, how the eagle works is how God helped Jacob. So they go to Jacob's story and they say this. Remember, Jacob fought with an angel and the angel touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh. And Jacob could not walk. That is in the Bible. So then they developed this. when you hear it being taught, it sounds so sweet and so nice, but it's not biblical. They develop it to this point where they say this, that sometimes a shepherd, in dealing with a sheep, its flock, you have some, uh, some sheep, particular sheep, that are rebellious, you know, just, just rebellious. So those tough ones, hard ones like Jacob, you know, Jacob's name means trickster. And God changed it to Israel. So now he's a prince of God, one who has struggled with God and won. Struggled with men also and won. That's what Israel means. All right. So they go, well, the shepherd breaks the leg of the sheep that's rebellious. So that, you know, it can't be wandering all over the place. Just like, you know, a teenager, you know, some teenagers. So the parent break their legs so they can't be jumping out of the window at night, you know, hopping from club to club. But that is not biblical. Right? God does not hurt us. Another time when I'm actually teaching that, we'll go into it. 
Before you are taking notes, write these references down, please. Job 37 and verse 23. Job 37 and verse 23 tells us God does not afflict anybody. Job 37 verse 23. If we can have that. And then also Lamentations 3.33. Basically, these, these two scriptures are telling us God does not hurt anybody. God does not wound anybody. So the shepherd, the story of the shepherd that breaks the leg of the wayward flock, that sheep, that's not God. Because they say, while the, the, the flock, the, that particular sheep, the wayward one, the leg is broken, it can't go around, it stays with the shepherd. So then it finally learns the ways of the shepherd. And then after it heals, it, gets, it just becomes the best. Pastor can teach this, and it sounds so good as you're listening. But sometimes you still have people who are sitting there thinking, wait a minute, why would God break my leg? And they're right. And some of these people who ask these questions are not even born again, or they're new to the things of God. And they're listening to the story like, okay, a child is wayward, the sheep is wayward. There's 99 of them that are great, but one is just really rebellious, goes astray. So the shepherd breaks his leg. And during the healing process, it has nowhere to go. So it's stuck with the shepherd and it, and it learns and it becomes the best. No, God doesn't do that. That's ridiculous. Job 37, 23 says, touching the almighty, we cannot find him out. He's excellent in power and in judgment and in plenty of justice. He will not afflict you. God doesn't harm anybody. The devil is the author of confusion, not God. Every good gift comes from God, the father of lights, in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. There's no darkness at all in God. God is light. I've given you woven scriptures together. First John 1, 5, God is light. In him, there's no darkness at all. This is the message. This is the message we have heard from Jesus. John writes, in 1 John 1, verse 5, he says, and just before this, says, I touched Jesus. We ate with him. The word of life, we handled it. We know him. I know. And this is the message we heard from him, which we are sharing with you so you can have fellowship with us, just as we had fellowship with the Father and with Jesus. This then is the message we have heard of him and declaring to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. God will not break your legs. God will not break you to make you better. He doesn't do that. Maybe you're aware what, maybe we, we all have gone astray, that done our own thing. Yet through the shed blood of Jesus, he has brought us back. Amen. It is Jesus who paid the price. You can't pay the price. No, you can't pay any price to save yourself. Jesus already did that, and we've been saved. And the Spirit draws us to God. You and I, we didn't get ourselves born again. You know the kind of mess we put ourselves in, and today we are saved? We didn't get saved because that mess was so bad. We were like, okay, I can't do anymore. Let me just give up. No, it wasn't you. It was God who drew you. Because remember, the last time you went in that mess, and we said we're never going to go that way again. We still went back because we were sinners. But God saved us. 
So it's all a work of grace, not, nothing to do with us. I pray that I've helped you with this. And let me wrap up. Go back to Deuteronomy 32, please. So Jacob, I had to teach you that because I'm telling you, man, you have to know the word. Because the way people weave it in, Jacob's thigh was touched. The, the shepherd breaks the leg of that sheep, wayward sheep. So it was spend time with the shepherd during that time period. That's the waiting period that gets transformed. No, no. It is the word that transforms you. It is not your leg getting broken. You don't get a sickness and the sickness makes you better. Evil that never produces good. Never. Every seed produces after its kind. An evil tree produces evil fruit. A good tree produces good fruit. That's what Jesus said. So don't let us mix this up. Amen. All right, come to Deuteronomy 32. And we know that Jacob was away doing his own thing. He's a trickster. God meets him. God transforms his life. And teaches him as you would, as an eagle would teach his child. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. You stare up the nest. You know, go out there and do what I've taught you. Fly, be an eagle. Fly. You're not chicken. Fly, go out there and soar. So beautifully. I pray that that will happen to you. Amen. All right. So now we've seen Jacob's story. We've seen the eagle. Psalm 32, verse 12. Let's do verse 12 and 13, please. So the Lord alone did lead him. And there was no strange God with him. God will lead you. Don't bring any strange things in. Anything that's not biblical. Look at what God did for Jacob and what he would do for you. Verse 13, he made him ride on the high places of the earth. Like the eagle, you saw on high. You will go high. He made him ride on the high places of the earth that he might eat the increase of the fields. He made him to suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock. Oil here represents the Holy Spirit. The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and life, Jesus said. So the word is anointed. As you stay in the word, the anointed will increase. You suck honey out of the rock. Joy will come to you. Joy unspeakable, full of glory. Be a portion. As you spend time listening to God. Now, we'll wrap this up. So, you've seen in the context, God taking this man, Jacob, and he took him and he says, like the way an eagle operates, functions. I got to do... Let's do Exodus 19. Just one more. That will help us. Verse 4 and 5. Now just kind of tie it together. Exodus 19, 4 and 5. Exodus 19, 4 and 5. You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings. There's an eagle again. And brought you unto myself. 
So when the eagle is up in operation, in this context, God is saying, I'll defeat your enemy and I'll deliver you. I'll bring you out of poverty. I'll bring you out of oppression. you no longer be marginalized. I'll raise up a mighty army, a church. Now, therefore, if you'll obey my voice, that's the word, and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine. God says, I'll just lift you up. I'll do what I want to do. Nobody can stop it. Everything is mine. I'll give it to you. And you'll be above all people. And they'll know that you are treasured. You are the goat. You are the greatest of all time. You are the best. You fly higher than any bird. You are majestic in flight. You are beautiful. I mean, just think about this. God did this in the life of Jacob. Amen. There was warfare. It says to Israel, I brought you on eagle's wings, delivered you from the Egyptians. So if you think about Jacob, what kind of warfare did he have? In his job, Laban, his own uncle, family, changed his wages 10 times, lied, economically tried to keep him down, poverty, impoverished, changed his wages 10 times. But then what did God do? The way of the spirit, the Lord taught him. Just like the eagle flies by what is innate, by instinct, and by instruction. So the Lord taught Jacob, you can read this yourself. God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts as the heavens are far the earth. And just supernaturally, one day God just says to Jacob, this is what I want you to do. You want to beat Laban, your uncle, at this. You want to have more than your employer. You buy the company out. This is what I want you to do. He's he's made you a shepherd. You're watching over his flock. And he gave you the weak flock. Don't worry. I want you to take boats. And ladies and gentlemen, it's so ridiculous. If it's not God's voice, you'd be like, uh, you're the craziest person to do this. He says, I want you to take boats. And I want you to paint the boats. Just just a a board. You know, go to home people and buy the board. You know. So plain board. So he gets the board. There's no home depot, but you know, he gets the board. And he paints it. And God says, put it where the flock come to eat. Just put it there. And God actually said, taught him when to do it also during the mating season. So when the animals came to eat and drink, They would look at this strange thing that's in front, right in front of their drinking troughs and all that. And after mating, when they conceived, they delivered. I mean, I don't know how God did this genetics. This is just amazing and supernatural. Obviously, it's a miracle. It goes beyond the natural, the senses. The flock conceived the colors that Jacob had painted, which is what Laban 
knew it was impossible for Jacob to have that those colors. So he told him, if you, if you ever have that, you can have, if they ever give birth to, to flood that look like this, you can have that. And he didn't give them any flux so that they can reproduce that. God said, I'm going to beat him at it. So I pray for you today that God will give you that heavenly wisdom so that you beat the powers that be in your generation in the name of Jesus. This is what happened in Jacob's life. Ladies and gentlemen, the Lord does give direction. Some of you may feel that, oh, you know, you are in a place where it's dry. Well, we read today, you found him in the waste howling desert, howling wilderness, in a desert, a dry place. Maybe your brook has dried up. No problem. God will lead you to Zarephath. Where abundance awaits. What I said is straight out of First Kings chapter seventeen. Some of you know the story of Elijah. God sent him to. There was God. God sent him to a brook Cherith, and he joined famine. But he had water to drink at the brook. God showed him where to go. God will send ravens. That's a miracle. Send ravens to bring him burgers to eat. You think the ravens would do that? But they are ordered by God. That's a miracle. We are in a season of amazing blessings and notable miracles happening in rapid succession. So God feeds him. And then one day the brook dried up. That's says time to move. We just studied that today. The eagle flutters. Stirs up the nest and gets the eaglets got to move. Sometimes the tries up. Your nest is stirred up. Ruffle so that you go to the place of abundance. Elijah went to the place of abundance. Zarephath, where they had oil. The widow who had that oil that Elijah spoke over blessed, and it never ran out. Anything in the hands of God becomes plenty. Like I said, if Jesus played basketball, he'd be a whole lot better than Michael Jordan. Played golf, be a whole lot better than Tiger Woods. Serena, think about it. He's a gift giver. He's given you gifts. Pray about it. Give that thing to him. Give it back to him. Your five loaves and two fish in the hands of Jesus feed 5,000. Amen. That's cruise of oil. And that little one knee left, given to God. Widow of Zarephath never lied. 
when Jacob stopped living by his own wits and often treacherous when he stopped. And he said, Lord, please bless me. I will not let you go till you bless me. God changed him. From a trickster, Jacob, Israel. He's made you a prince. He's made you a king. I ask God to bless you today. And I pray that he will lead you to your brook's cherith. And beyond that, you'll come to Zarephath, the place of abundance. As I prayed at the beginning, that God will bring you to your Rehoboth. I pray that it will happen. The same way God spoke to Jacob and gave him a blueprint, put the boards up for the animals to look at it. And I'll work something beyond what genetics naturally can do. If there's some sickness in your family, in the genes, the same God who did that miracle beyond genetics changes your genes today. I mean, changes what is in the genes that's causing sickness and heals you supernaturally. Receive it. Receive it. And now soar on high. Whatever was holding you down, maybe it was some illness, maybe it was financial, fear, I don't know, but you begin to mount up now. You begin to mount, mount up by the power of God because he that is joined to God is one spirit, invincible, untouchable. In the name of Jesus, you cannot be assailed because you are high up on that rock. Serpents cannot get there. They can't breathe. They cannot stay there. No other bird can come to that place where you stand on the rock. You are one with God, bound up with him, twisted one with him. You lost in him. He is in you. You are in him. In the name of the Lord Jesus, come to your Zarephath. Come to your Rehoboth. Come to your place of abundance. Soar on high. Mount up with wings today by the Spirit of God, giving you revelation by the Word of God. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be a blessing to humanity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. I enjoy sharing with you. Meditate on what we have been taught and use it. Supernaturally, God will help you to mount up. Thanks. God bless you. God bless you so much. Amen. Merry Christmas. God bless. Happy New Year to all of you. Next week, Reverend Rosemary will be teaching. God bless. Thank you, Jesus. It's all conference recording. Press one. To return to this session is no longer being recorded. Hallelujah.